Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Endurance Horse Podcast. We wanted to let you know this was going to be the last episode of the year so we wanted to wish you a very merry christmas and a happy new year 2019 and thank you all for making this uh, podcast a great success it's been a lot of fun this year with you guys we started in march we wanted to do 12 we have 13 thanks to you guys baker's dozen yeah and we're looking forward to more in the coming year there's a little bit of a theme going um, in this podcast that was started by Bailey Leroy and then Lindy Griffith and it had to do with rain so we thought we would play a little bit of this song it felt appropriate I'm gonna go grab my raincoat right now and listen to it everybody. My name is Bridget Helms and I'm from Sundance, Wyoming, in the northeast corner of the state at the edge of the Black Hills. It's winter here, so right now, of course, we have about six inches of fresh snow that we just got two days ago, but we also get lucky and we get breaks in the weather. Right now, it's in the mid-30s and tomorrow we're supposed to climb to 40s and some places in the hills will hit 50. So while I'll still have plenty of snow to ride in, it's going to be nice, so I'm going to take advantage of it and probably pull my kids around off the horse and their sleds. I actually own four quarter horses, but the horse that I started using for endurance, he is going to be 10 next year, and his name is undeniably up to par, but I call him Major. And I've had him his whole life. I actually own both of his parents, too. His dad was my, my first real good show horse, and... I actually showed him in reigning and took him to the world show and won a bunch of year-end titles. And he's got his superior in reigning. And his mother is a horse that I got as a three-year-old. And she's actually the horse that my husband likes to ride. And so we've had him forever. He's a really cool horse. And he's actually, he actually started out as a show horse too. And we kind of accidentally found out that he is going to be good for endurance. I got into horses. I was a horse crazy kid, but I grew up on a dairy farm and my parents didn't really, my mom had horses as a kid, but my parents weren't horse people. So they told me if I wanted to have a horse, I had to get a job with horses so that I knew what I was doing so I could take care of it. So what I did when I was 14 and I was old enough to work, I went and got a job at a trail riding stable. It's kind of history from there. I saved up all the money that I earned and I bought a half Arab, half Morgan mare and she was awesome. She was 12 years old and she just took care of me. And then from there, I actually got into the quarter horses and then I went to college, did riding there. I did train for a while, but now I work in town and ride on the ride when I'm not working. I actually got into endurance 
two years ago, in 2017, I decided that I was going to, I found this group on Facebook and they talked about the Fort Meade Remount Endurance Ride, which is in Sturgis, South Dakota, which for me is about an hour away. So it's pretty close. And I joined their Facebook group and they said, hey, we're having an intro ride. Anybody can do it. it you know, it's, I think it was 12 miles, something like that. And they said it's, you know, an easy, easy ride. Anybody can do it. Just, just come and have fun. It's, you know, basically just for fun. So I thought, well, what the heck? I'll go over there. I love to trail ride. So I thought, well, I'll just go and just see what happens. So I took my little mare, actually. It seemed like we, she kind of struggled through it. Of course, I didn't know how to prepare her for it. So I just kind of just rode her as she wanted to go. So we, of course, did a lot of walking, and it took us forever to do that loop. But we got through it, and I got to hang out in camp, and I saw what was going on, and I thought, you know, this sounds really fun. So for 2018... I set a goal of riding a 25-mile limited distance ride, which I actually planned to do at Fort Meade, but I actually did it three weeks earlier on my 35th birthday. I got together with my mentor and a couple other ladies, and we did a 25-mile ride in the Bighorn Mountains, which was awesome. So after that, I was pretty much hooked. I did the 25-mile ride at Fort Meade, and then two weeks after that, I actually did my first 50 so that was really cool. I did not anticipate being ready to do a 50, but now that I've done that, now I'm really hooked. And I just think endurance is, you know, after doing horse shows for so long and, you know, it seems like when you go to a horse show, there's a lot of sit and wait and, you know, you, of course, prepare your horse to just differently. Um, but it seemed like once I started preparing for endurance, I got to spend a lot more time in the saddle, and I really liked that. And when I was going to the rides, I was spending all day riding, not standing around waiting for my turn. And I just felt like, too, like it was a lot more rewarding. My horse used to be kind of nervous to ride alone, and I spent so much time riding him alone. This year, when I took him to Fort Meade and we rode off alone, he was perfect. It, I finally felt like now, I really had that connection with him. So I really enjoy pretty much all the aspects about endurance. I love camping with everybody. I love, you know, meeting new people. It's safe to say I'll be doing this for a while. For 2019, I talked to my mentor, who is actually Hannah Johnson, who just won the 100-mile. She's the national champion in that. So that's pretty cool. So she's kind of helped me along. She kind of tells me, you know, what what I should aim for when I'm conditioning. And we kind of made the, the deal that I was going to attempt to do 100. So that's my dream big goal is to complete 100 on my horse and see how he does. My goals for 2019 are kind of preparing me for that. And so I'm going to try to build a base of 50-mile rides. So I'm going to try to do about seven or eight. And we're just going to see how he does. Of course, you know, that's hoping that everything goes as planned. But so I'm setting, I'm setting dates for different rides in the area that I can try to hit and try to get those in and see how he's doing, see what I need to change um, to get him up to hundreds. Hannah thinks he'll be able to do them no problem. So we just have to learn all the things on the way up to getting him to that point. Right now, I'm not doing much for conditioning or training. I'm just trying to, my goal for the fall was to just try to ride 
him and just kind of quietly ride him, just kind of trail ride on him so that he doesn't think every time I get on him, we're taken off at a trot and going places fast. I want him to remember that he can relax too. That's been my goal for the winter. And then I think about in March is when, you know, usually we get enough decent weather. I'll be able to start taking him out and start conditioning him. And then I just try to ride three days a week if I can, and then try to ride, you know, I need to wear between eight and 12 miles on those rides and then try to sneak a longer one in on days where I can fit it in. And that's kind of how I got him ready for the 25s. And then once he was fit for 25s, the jump to 50 was easy. I anticipate that he will come back into condition about the same as he did last year. So but we will see. The biggest triumph that I had in 2018, of course, it was my first year. So I wasn't, I just wanted to complete 125. I didn't realize, you know, how far it would take me. And I certainly didn't believe that I could do a 50, but Hannah convinced me that we could. And so while my horse was already fit and conditioned, I just took him and we went and it turned out awesome. I ended up not being able to ride with Hannah because she pulled a muscle the day before after she got done riding her 100, she went to bed and woke up, and so she couldn't ride with me that day, but I ended up riding with two other awesome ladies, and my horse did great. Um, he was a little hot at first, but he behaved himself, and, you know, once we, you know, everybody kind of files out and kind of finds their place, he was perfect all day, and we actually came in second that day, and we won best condition, so for me, that was, you know, that, I, I, my like one of my other dream big goals was to win a best condition and to have him do it on his first 50 kind of felt pretty awesome i was really proud of him he did excellent that day i got a lot of compliments on him um, he is a quarter horse so you know it seems like most everybody's riding arabs and so when the people who told me that they love arabs and they don't really care for quarter horses were telling me that they liked him that felt pretty good because of course i'm pretty proud of him since he He's been my baby since day one, and so we just look forward to seeing what we can do in 2019, and hopefully we can add some more 50s. We're part of a green bean team, so hopefully we can contribute to that, and uh, I can't wait to see what we do. Hello, everyone. It's Bailey from Wisconsin. I'm here today with my mom, and she's helping me with my new podcast story just like I helped her in her last LD. Hello again, Tara Leroy checking in one last time this year. Today I'm helping my daughter Bailey share her big accomplishment this year. You have made, learned in the earlier podcast that my goal this year was to finish a 12 or 15 mile novice ride with my jiggly pony, Odie. The vet said that my pony was a little bit on the fat side. Well, Odie and I trained all summer for this big accomplishment. And guess what? He's still fat, but loves to work hard. And instead of doing a novice ride, we decided to step it up and go for a 25. This was a pretty big deal for Bailey, and admittedly for me too. Bailey had just turned nine years old this September, and it was just her second summer of riding without being attached to a lead rope. Part of me couldn't believe she was at that point already, and part of me was super excited to be able to do this with my daughter. She had proven over the summer to be able to easily handle four to five hours in the saddle at a time, and I discovered she had a Velcro butt and handled any spooks or challenges her pony had thrown at her along the way. So we decided to go to Draw Rama Endurance Ride in October and try the 25-mile limited distance ride together, which was held just a few miles from our house on trails that we already train on. 
When mine woke me up in the morning, it was pouring rain, and she asked, are we going to do this thing? And then she said, only if we get Subway after. Full disclosure, I may have been guilty of bribing her with sub sandwiches on more than one occasion, as my friend Chris, who I actually think started that crazy tradition. But hey, a mom's got to do what a mom's got to do. I wonder if we can get a Subway sponsorship next year. Anyways, it's 5 a.m. and it's pouring down rain. I've been up all night in the comfort of my own bed listening to the rain come down. And as we only live five miles from the endurance ride, the option to bail out was easy since we didn't camp and we were just planning on hauling in. So I snuck into Bailey's room quietly so as not to wake the boys in the house. And I said, are you ready to do this? Uh, no. Yes. No. No? Okay, then we'll just stay home and crawl back in bed. What crazy person loads a horse in the rain at 5 a.m. to go slosh through the mud anyways? At least that's what our horses were both thinking as we opted for the crazier option, pulled on the rain ponchos and rubber boots, and headed to ride camp to bed in. I was wearing my lucky unicorn Santa hat that lights up, so it's helpful when riding in at dark. Good thing I practiced my tryouts all summer because my prote trotted awesomely. Also, because I was helping my mom volunteer at a ride this summer, I already knew the best vet, Marnie, and a lot of the other great vets. I knew a lot about what I was supposed to do there. So we got the horses vetted in and settled up. My mare was happy to have her buddy with her this time instead of going solo. I was happy to have some company as well. Although without a ground crew, it is a bit more work to take care of two horses and riders. Bailey does what she can. She can clean feet and boot up her pony, and she brushes the parts that she can actually reach. And she can take the tack off, and is a pretty good gopher. But at only 50 pounds, she can't quite get her own pony saddled up yet or carry buckets of water. So the challenge is real when it comes to getting us ready on time. So the ride started like at 4 o'clock in the morning, or at least it felt like that. And it was like 32 degrees below zero. And I was freezing my B-U-T-T off. That's right, know what I spelled. Once we finally got punched into the race by this nice lady, I started to regret it. I was wet and cold, and we haven't even left yet. So definitely not what I had in mind when we had talked about doing a 25-mile LD ride together, and I was feeling a little bad about the whole weather situation. At this point, she'd either have such a terrible experience she would never try again, or if she survived, I knew she would be hooked, and next year's rides would seem like a piece of cake when we get to finally ride in good weather. I was happy to have her tagging along because, honestly, I probably would not have gone by myself that day. My mare is a bit of a princess, and the mud and the rain are not her thing. She likes it hot and dry. The pony, on the other hand, seemed totally in his element, and I'm a little embarrassed and a little proud to say that my mare would not have made it through the second loop without him leading the way. I had been a little too conservative in our first 16-mile loop, not knowing how the horses would vet through in this weather. We've never ridden in these conditions before. So it turns out they were fine, and the vet said we could step it up for the second loop, which we had to in order to make the cutoff time. We had apparently did a little extra mileage in the first loop, and were dangerously close to running out of time. Well, when Bailey heard we had nine miles to go and just over an hour to get it done, she took over, and Odie and her led almost the whole nine miles at a pace that my mare thought was just a little bit crazy. She was going too fast to worry about being cold or wet or hungry, and we managed to get it done and get our completions. Both horses vetted out fine, and the pony the one that looks like a butterball turkey, proudly strutted his stuff for his final trot out and garnered a little bit of a fan club along the way, while my Anglo-Arab mare gave me the evil eye and demanded that I remove all traces of mud. 
So that was my 25 mile experience with my tubby pony, my loving mom, and friends to help me get through it all. I have to say that I don't regret it at all, and I can't wait to do it again. And I also received an awesome shirt from Draw that says I completed my first distant ride at Drawrama. Thank you, Carol Wagner. Bye, Lo, and we'll see you on the trails in 2019. Hi, Jenny Chandler here in New Zealand. Now, Tevis kind of got in the way of my podcasting plans. I had been planning to catch you up on last season over the New Zealand winter, and now here we are halfway through our current season, and I haven't really told you anything about my own horses. I tried doing it all in one recording, and it was too long to send to Christina, so I thought... I'd just do it horse by horse. So tonight I'm going to start with my favourite horse, Lace. She's the one I was lucky enough to take to Kentucky in 2010 to the World Equestrian Games. And since then, we've had a lot of ups and downs along the way. She got injured. Um, She had a couple of foals. I brought her back for a season. Then I, because one of the foals was so beautiful... Um, I wanted another one by the same sire. He was getting old. So last season, in fact, she was rearing her third baby, Dreamer. So I didn't get to ride her again for two years. This season was going to be the one. I had big plans. She was going to do the big three. Um, In the distance riding New Zealand calendar, there are three events. And if you complete all three, if you... Uh, complete all three with the most, I guess, best placings. I'm not sure how it works. DRNZ has only been going for one season and nobody completed all three last season. So that was my aim. Because she's 18 years old now, I decided that instead of aiming to place well in all three or some of them, I would aim to get the best managed award. I would aim to ride her more slowly, look after her, have a good time, but still have something to aim for. Best managed in DRNZ is a little bit different from best conditioned in most endurance rides in that the entire field are eligible for best managed. It is based simply on the parameters. You get A is one, B is two, and obviously ones and twos are ones and twos. So the lower score, the better. If your horse gets all A's and 1's, then for each loop of a ride, your best score you can get is 9. We add to that the lag time, the time it takes you from crossing the finish line to getting into the vet ring, one point per minute to get to the vet ring, and we also use the CRI. Now that's really important because if your horse has a negative CRI, that's the cardiac recovery index, the second heart rate that you take one minute after the first heart rate and after they've done their trot up. That can be a positive number, or if they're really fit, it can be a negative number. The heart rate actually drops after they've done their trot up. And so if you've got a negative CRI, that's really good and for your best managed score. So that was my aim for Lace. Now, because she hadn't done any rides for two years... She was back to novice. We have a novice system 
in New Zealand, pretty much the same as the FEI one. You do two 40k rides at a slow speed. You do two 80k rides at a fairly slow speed. Then your horse is open. And then I would have needed to do an open 80k ride in order to qualify for the first of the big three, which was 120 mid-December, in fact, in the weekend just been. So there I was. I was riding my pony again. It was awesome. I was really enjoying it. We did the first two 40k rides, no trouble. I had um, other friends come with me and ride my other horse, Tigger, and so they were really awesome rides in Waiuku, had a great time. And then um, a friend was helping me with some fencing. He comes back after lunch. I'd been inside having lunch, and I go out to, to continue helping him with the fencing around the barn, and he said, oh, what happened to Lace? Ah... Uh, She'd ripped her legs to pieces. During lunchtime, she'd managed to get her leg hooked over a wire on the fence and then panicked and run, and it was a mess. So that's my pony out for the rest of the season. Huge vet bill now. That was a couple of months ago. That was on the 1st of October. So a massive disappointment. I was so looking forward to riding her. I was going to do the 120, and then at the end of January, I was going to do the 160. And in March, the 240k three-day marathon. Now she's in the paddock, and I'm trying to stop her getting too fat because she's not doing any work. So that was a bit depressing, and I'll stop now so that it doesn't get too big to send to Christina, and I'll record another one shortly about my other horses and how they went last season and what's happening with them this season. Catch you later. Hello again, fellow riders. My name is Lindy Griffith and I am from Wesley Chapel, Florida and ride in the Southeast. I'm excited to share my wacky wet weekend at the Gothi Benefit Ride held at Black Prong in Morriston on December 13th. The backstory is Chief and I had taken 2017 off so he could recover from an inflamed suspensory ligament. We did complete a 25 at the end of March before the Florida summer break. We started riding again in mid-October. We did an intro ride and have been riding and camping most weekends this fall, so I felt we were pretty well prepared for the first LD of the season. I've been super excited about this ride. My friend Joe is one of the ride managers, so I knew it was going to be a fantastic weekend. As the ride date grew closer, our forecast grew more ominous. 100% rain and thunderstorms, guaranteed, with the possibility of tornadoes added in for extra fun. Good grief, really. One thing I had to sort out was when to arrive, before or after the rain starts. I am not a fan of setting up in the rain. So looking at the hourly forecast, it was going to start raining around three in the morning on Friday. This is gonna keep going until noon or so on Saturday. Oh boy, well, I guess the weatherman didn't get the memo that this is supposed to be the dry season. This is Florida for heaven's sakes. Tons of things were running through my overly busy mind. Will Chief be safe? Well, Black Prong has a paddock and covered stall option, so that's a good thing. Then I'm wondering, is this really something I should be doing? Well, my choices were to work or ride. 
That's easy. I'm going to ride. A rainy day riding is better than a sunny day in the office. Hands down. I did make sure my new iPhone had a solid protective case. I fried the last one at the McCulley ride in the spring. In my not-so-waterproof case, in my not-so-waterproof waterproof coat pocket. That was sure an expensive ride. And yep, I did get the insurance this time on the new phone. So that's supposed to cover anything, including rider stupidity which in my case, sometimes I think is necessary. The forecast was crazy. It was so crazy that ride management was able to push Friday's ride to Saturday and Saturday to Sunday. This was a fantastic call. I did not want to ride in torrential rain or lightning, but also I wanted to ride Saturday in order to give Chief a day to recover before we headed home. The delay allowed me to have Christy from Blue Run Veterinary Practice come to ride camp and give Chief a good tune-up before we vetted in. I wanted to make absolutely sure he was good to go. He hadn't been seen in a while, so I was so happy that Christy was able to fit us in. She was fantastic. She even checked our saddle fit. We arrived in camp as the sun was setting on Thursday evening. At least it wasn't raining yet. I was overjoyed. I found a restroom, a shower, laundry facility right next to my Primo electric site. Yahoo! I was going to put Chief in a stall right away, but the only horses I had seen on the property were in a paddock. They belonged to two 84-year-old cowboys who were also doing the 25. I figured Chief would be much more comfortable near the other horses. We went for the paddock ranchy prayer option and stayed shavings and things near the stall just in case the storms surprised us and came early. As predicted, about 2.40 in the morning, it started to drizzle, which turned into a light rain until about 7 a.m. I pretty much slept with one ear open listening for severe weather. This was the calm before the storm. I cleaned out my paddock, upgraded our accommodations to a temporary stall, the kind with the vinyl sides and top. It was quite nice, actually. I was really glad that I waited to put the shavings down. The stall I had initially selected had gotten wet the night before. Timing is everything. By 8.30 a.m., the rain returned with a vengeance. I moved Chief into drier quarters, and it was raining a blue streak. It looked like it was time to build an ark. Rain, rain, and more rain. So Friday morning, I put my camping chair in Chief's stall and drank lots of coffee and read him stories from Lori Olson's new book, Endurance Memories. I was smiling to myself about the memories we were making right then and there, and was feeling very blessed indeed. Around noon, Christy came, adjusted Chief, and I was so glad she did. Everything was good. She is an amazing person. I was very grateful for her. I spent the afternoon helping put up signs for the various areas for the ride, and then scribing for the vets. All the while, it was pouring rain. It was my first vet in in a downpour. Another thing for the memory book, we got over nine inches of rain on Friday. It was wet, even for Florida. The good news was the roof in my person area of the trailer didn't leak. I had recently recocked it. It was the first time doing this, so I had buckets under the potential leaks just in case. The horse trailer area the, where the horses go didn't fare so well but at least now I know how to fix it. I knew where the problem areas were and I placed the buckets accordingly. 
my hay was strategically balanced on a bookie board from the floor of the trailer to keep it dry. Did I mention I was from Florida? Anyway, it was raining hard through the ride meeting, and at least until 3 or 4 in the morning. It started to let up. I was wondering how the trail markers were going to fare after all that rain. The rain would come and go in waves, and overall things seemed like they were easing up. Our ride time was 8.30. The rain had let up. I was very thankful. I had removed my Sherling saddle cover for good luck. Was not going to tempt fate. No one wants to ride with a wet butt. Anyway, right before we headed out, I met two ladies named Mary. One was from North Carolina. They asked if Chief was a pretty steady Eddie. They hadn't done a ride in a number of years. I told them usually he is. Pretty good guy, and we decided to start together. All three of us rode together for the whole 25 miles. They were so much fun. Our horses got along great. It really made the ride even better than it would have been by ourselves. The trails were mostly underwater, and we chose to take our time and take care of our horses. The second stretch of water was so deep that my boots got wet. One of my friends saw a fish on the trail. It was the wettest 25 miles I've ever done. One of my goals for this year was to get Chief to pulse down faster. Well, for the first time ever, he hit the pulse criteria by the time I had pulled his saddle. I was overjoyed. I'm sure the water on the trail and the cooler weather helped, but I'm chalking that up as a significant accomplishment. The second loop, we knew we were tight on time. We arrived with four minutes to spare. We even won the turtle award. My husband can't figure it out why I think this is such a good thing, but I was very happy. Yeah, it was a rainy weekend, but the trails were marked perfectly. I got to ride with new friends. My horse was as solid as a rock, and Chief and I had an absolute blast. I wouldn't have missed this for the world. I learned that I need better rain gear. I need to improve my waterproofing skills. Even though I watched a million YouTube videos, my waterproof coat still isn't. I need to buy a waterproof hat. I didn't even realize they existed and boots without eye holes to wear in camp, and that rainy weather makes for great memories and stories. Thanks for listening, and I hope to meet you on the trail sometime, or perhaps at ride camp. It's Lindy and Chief signing off for now. Hi, everyone. This is Keisha Wood from New Mexico, and it's been a while since I provided an update on both my boys, Merlin and Kassan, but um, Kassan is just getting bigger. He's just a little ornery guy, and um, we're working on that orneriness. So um, I've been taking him on trail runs with me, and of course, we're still doing groundwork. He's only two. He will turn three in August. And then he will be going off to the trainer. So um, I just want to make sure that I'm not embarrassed when I send him to the trainer. So we've been doing a lot of uh, groundwork and I'm talking to him on my trail runs, which are usually around eight miles or so, and telling him what I want to tell him when I'm in the saddle. So we will see how that goes because sometimes he does a little bit of naughtiness and I have to remind him who's the boss. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with Kassan as he grows. Now Merlin, um, he's doing really, really well, but he wasn't doing really well for a while. Um, I was having trouble with putting some weight on him. I, after a Fort Stanton ride this summer, he started kind of getting thinner and I, and that's because of course I was going up in miles. 
and I wanted to go back to doing 50s, but it's just been such a struggle keeping the weight on him. Then I was getting ready to do a 50 mile ride at O Pueblo at Thanksgiving, which is actually was the turkey chase in in Sonoida, Arizona. And I went and did two back-to-back rides um, out here on some BLM. And the second day, we reached about 64 miles total between the two days. And it was lots of elevation and climbing. But Merlin's weak spot is his butt. And so he's a little lean back there. And I've had a really hard time getting him to be fitted to a right saddle because of him being his withers. It's just been a big-time struggle. And we were coming down a really steep hill and I could tell he was walking a little slowly. And then when we hit the sand, which was a couple miles out from the sand, but it's pretty deep sand, he was um, not wanting to trot, but he would try to canter and it was just off. I I just felt like something was funny. And then um, I got off, I felt of his butt and he had a really big knot in his um, booty. So I was worried, you know, is he trying to tie up? Did I do too much for him? And I'm so blessed to have the vet, like only from my house is only a mile. And so immediately I called them and took him in for blood work just to make sure I was um, doing everything properly, that I wasn't overdoing him and I wasn't, he wasn't tied up. It wasn't due to hydration. And the vet told me, that he is not tying up actually. He's just not metabolizing his food correctly. So pretty much we had to put him on a turbo keto diet. And um, before I got to the turkey chase at Thanksgiving, he had to be fully fat adapted and that would help him to um, keep the weight on. I tell you what, that new diet is dang amazing. And then another thing that I learned is that he, you know, I knew he internalized everything. He kind of just, I mean, he doesn't ever act out and he behaves, but you can tell he's upset. And so, um, the vet told me, and she's like, I guarantee without even checking him that he has ulcers because of his personality. I mean, he's so sweet and he worries so much that even whenever he gets his feet done, he buries his head in my chest and I got to hold his eyes and his head like a lizard you know if you close your eyes or something that it'll go away and and that's my Merlin boy and so um, she told me to um, make sure I'm giving him Ultium gastric and then also in addition I added some more Outlast even though the food has that and it changed practically overnight he started feeling confident and um He um, was eating on trail. It's just things that I've struggled with because he worries. And um, when I got to Old Pueblo, we did two LDs because I wanted to make sure before I did a 50 that there were no issues. There was no butt soreness. There was none of that stuff. And um, he was fantastic. He was amazing. He put on weight. And um, I got to see some really great friends um, in that at that ride and um, I bought a specialized saddle and uh, a friend of mine used to work for specialized and he was able to fit me right there. Merlin is one happy camper. So um, we'll have to see what happens in the future. I plan to do Tevis 2020. That is our goal. I want to be able to do my first hundred in October here and um, we'll see what happens. 
If all goes well, I plan to go to California and take him to do the educational ride this year. So far, we're on track, you know, but anything could happen. Everybody knows that who has a horse. So um, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed and working on his fitness. And at the same time, I'm working on mine. I decided to sign up and do an ultra marathon. I like to see what I put my horse through and I don't want to ask him to do something if I know it's going to kill me, you know? So it's just kind of like, I want to be reminded that we're in a partnership and I'm not here to push him. I want him to do what he's good at and feel good at what he's doing and finish strong. And I feel like uh, me being able to do that and take care of myself also reminds me of what he's going through. And, um, so I'm scheduled for my first 50 K in February and, um, it works out good because I get to go trail running with the baby and then I get to uh, ride Merlin. And so I am constantly busy, but that's the update for Merlin Kassan and Keisha. And uh, thank you guys so much for following us. It has been a really great year and I look forward to next time. Hi, Daryl here again from New Zealand. My last contribution here was all about Tevis. Post Tevis, Jenny and I had a lovely few days back in the Bay Area with a friend, got on a ride, relaxed, packed and then headed to the airport. Hitting New Zealand shores again, I was thrown straight back into being an endurance ride organiser with our first club ride happening at a beach 12 kilometres from my house the following weekend. Being a beach ride, marking the track only took a couple of hours and being in a public area it couldn't be done too early. Most of our rides are on private land, so marking like this is not my normal. Anyway, having been away for several weeks, so not, not exercising horses and also being ride organiser and ride secretary for the day, I wasn't riding this one. All the planning, fortunately, got done before I went to the US. My fellow team members had checked and clocked the track whilst I was away. A bit more advertising would have been good, but hey. The riders who came had a great time. Perfect weather, perfect tide for the beach, just a stunning day. All but one completed successfully. And then it was onwards and upwards to find a venue for our next ride. After striking out on an awful lot of places, a 12 I think it was, September, October's spring here, so smack in the middle of carving and lambing for all of our privately owned tracks. A forestry venue I got told to try turned out to have rules in place that horse activities were restricted to walking only. Really? The right people know about that now, so hopefully that'll get changed for next year. So anyway, after striking out on a lot of venues, I finally called our beach venue again to see if we could do a second one. They said, yes, we'd love to have you, and we run our second Thornton Beach ride for the 2018-19 season. These early events are all about early conditioning and about encouraging new people to come out and have a go. The purists will say, I've seen a lot of comments to that effect, that anything less than 50 miles is not endurance. For many of our riders, though, the idea of completing 15 kilometres just under 10 miles is mind-boggling. For those riders, the achievement of completing their first 15-kilometre ride, whether an intro endurance or CTR, is very real and worth celebrating. At our first ride of the season, the 15-kilometre CTR ride was the biggest class. At our second ride of the season, back at the beach again, three of those riders, who had only ridden 25 kilometres, before, took the plunge and stepped up to do their first 40km rides. They completed 25 miles, 40Ks, and were absolutely over the moon and feeling so amazingly accomplished. That's what being a ride organiser is all about. It's about encouraging and enabling people to do more than they thought they were capable of. 
This season, I have two Rotary Youth Exchange students coming out to ride as well, as much as their busy social schedules will allow anyway. Both of them completed at Thornton as well. For one, it was his very first endurance ride. He's a farm rider on a gated horse at home in Brazil. The other is a Dutch girl who does dressage at home and has done a couple of small endurance rides, so I was told. We have a novice qualifying system here in New Zealand. Riders, juniors included, don't have to ride with a mentor, but they are speed restricted until they have completed the qualifying criteria. For my two juniors, their only instructions for the day was that they were not allowed to pass Ruth, my team member, who was keeping a nice steady pace as we tried to teach these young riders what endurance is all about and the importance of keeping it in the tank until later in the ride. We've had a few more rides since then. Edu, our Brazilian rider, did his second 40km ride and loved it. He was going too fast, obviously, because he was riding on his own. He was told by the ride organiser with about 10 kilometres to go that he was going too fast and if he came in before a certain time, she was going to eliminate him and kick his butt. Needless to say, he slowed down. Vera, our Dutch rider, then came with us to Periaka, just out of Tamaranui, and did her first multi-loop ride, being 60 kilometres. This venue is also absolutely stunning. Coming up the first hill, if you look left, you see Mount Ruapehu covered in snow. The first time around, however, we couldn't see it because it was really foggy. As we came round to the top of the next lot of hills, we looked out over the valley filled with mist and just the tops of two hills sticking out like islands. It was an oh wow moment. We just had to stop and look at it. My teammate Ruth won the ride. Vera was doing his 60 and she completed hers. Um, I was doing the 80 kilometre ride alongside Ruth and we were actually sitting second and third at this point. And then, unfortunately, Salty went out lame. A couple of weeks ago on a training ride, he'd felt a little bit off at home. And then he seemed okay, so I kept going. And then he felt off again, so I got off and checked. And there was a huge rock, about two inches square, jammed between the heels of his offside four shoe. I actually had to bash it with another rock to break it to get it out. I wondered at the time if I was going to pay for it later, and I guess I did. Better at this point in the season, I guess, than at the North Island Champs coming up in February. Every year my very first goal is to get a 100% completion rate, and there's usually one ride that mucks it up, just one. Hopefully that's my one for this season, I'm hoping anyway. Our next ride will be the weekend after Christmas. We'll be heading north to Teatiu Creek Regional Park, north of Auckland. This again is a stunning venue. The park is on the Kaipara Harbour. Last time we were there, it was a glorious day with the water sparkling as the tide came in. Hopefully this time will be just as gorgeous. Then we have one more ride in another stunning venue. I'll put photos on the Facebook page. And then we're into the first of our championship rides of the season, our North Island Champs, which will be held just north of Wellington, for those that want to look up on the map. All going well, we're hoping to have five horses in the 160km event down there, one with an Australian rider and one with Jenny Chandler, my friend from the Tevis. Anyway, fingers crossed we get them all there and fingers crossed we get them all across the start line and more next time. Happy riding, everyone. Hiya, it's Ella here from Soggy Soggy England. So actually the weather this season riding-wise has been amazing and even Red Dragon, which is known for being foul weather and always raining, normally I'm sat in the lorry wondering whether I actually want to go out and do the ride because it sounds so disgusting outside. Um, Even that ride this year was really good. I did 120k over two days and don't think I got rained on once. 
um, and the going was amazing. So this year, rain-wise, I've had a great year. I've managed to avoid it all. But I'm now currently sat at uni with it pouring outside, feeling very sorry for my mum who's back at home and Janet, her friend, where we keep the horses because they're both obviously having to go out and feed the ponies in it and everything and I dread to think how much mud there is now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I only have to go outside in the rain to get to and from my lectures really, so feeling very sorry for them. Yeah, so the season's all over now. We've had our uh, big, like, UK Endurance AGM and then my smaller Cotswold Group in AGM, uh, which have both been really, really good. And I've come away a very, very happy bunny. Um, but yeah, just thinking back on this season, like, it's been probably one of my most enjoyable seasons to date, despite my mum having a broken leg for the majority of it due to her and Rocky having an accident that he's definitely made up for now I think even though it wasn't really his fault in the first place he just came out of it a lot better than my mum did um yeah I've I started this season did a couple of rides my second ride um was an 80k race that I enjoyed the riding side of it but I didn't enjoy it as a whole really I felt quite miserable at some points because I just wasn't enjoying it and I didn't really want to be going at the speed that I was going at but Rocky was determined to stay with other horses after that I actually joined up with another young rider called Katie and since then we've done the rest of the season together basically so we've competed two star 120k races together and we did 80k together at the Red Dragon as well and it's just really reminded me of how much I love endurance because I started off riding with a really really amazing family friend called Janet and so the first sort of five years I did endurance I did almost every ride with her and I mean she's still crewing at every other ride but she's currently not got a horse at the same level as me so we haven't actually managed to do many rides together. And I think I'd forgotten about how much of it is to do with the people you're surrounded with. And riding with Katie this year has just made me remember how much I love endurance for the sport that it is, not sort of a solo sport. Rocky definitely enjoys it with a friend. I definitely enjoy it with a friend. So yeah, this season has been a real, real highlight for me, I think. Yeah, so for anyone who's feeling a bit down about endurance I would recommend just finding a friend because it's really changed it around for me and yeah I'm really really looking forward to what we can do next season I'd love to try and do the two-day 160k race at Red Dragon because every year so far that I've been doing endurance I've had Red Dragon which is in October as sort of my last goal for the year and I've pretty much upped the difficulty every time I've been going there. So I feel like now if I could go out and do the two-day 160 there, that would be like my ultimate challenge, I think. So hopefully if everything goes as well as it has this season, then me and Rocky will get there. At the moment, he's had a really nice long holiday while I've come back to uni and everything. And then I've been going home 
and while I've been home we've been having a bit of a play around doing a few tiny jumps and things and mum's had her first few rides back on him to try and build her confidence back up and then hopefully while I'm home over the Christmas holiday I'm going to try and take him to a couple of little winter dressage uh, competitions just to keep his mind active because he turns into a right grumpy guts if you leave him alone for too long. Obviously, he gets seen and fed twice a day, every day. But he's so much nicer whenever I go home for the weekend or whether mum does some Pirelli with him or something. He's just such a happy horse after that. So it'll be nice to do a bit more with him while I don't have any uni before I come back for a load of exams. So, yeah. Right. Thank you. Hi, my name is Leah Kane. I'm from Colorado, originally Southern California. Weather out here is snowy and cold, um, a lot of ice and spots. It's really slowed us down riding um, at this time, but we're all on vacation after a pretty hard year uh, competing. So this is good for the horses just to be out being horses. Let's see, about my current riding horse, his name is O.T. Diamante Santo Calamante. He is my firstborn. I'm a, a small-time breeder, and he's turning 12, so I've had him from birth, and he is a freight train, very, very competitive. We did start with endurance going uh, quite slow and conservative, but his personality is go, 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 go. Um, so I've just learned with him to make sure he's fit enough to do it um, because he most likely will do that or work equally hard. Uh, whether I keep his pace fast or slow, he, he's working hard no matter what. So I just kind of let him go these days. Got into horses cause just because I was horse crazy from birth, <laughs> I guess. Just a, a horse crazy girl. My aunt had horses and so we'd rode them and my best friend had ponies and so I rode from from very, very young age. Learned about endurance through my parents had some friends who did ride and tie and a lot of running events and things. And, and their ride and ties usually, as most people know, coincide with an endurance ride. And so I would always go and pet all the pretty endurance horses and um, most of them were Arabs, of course, and I don't know, just kind of born and raised with it. So I was just kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. I stay with endurance just because it gets me out in the open, um, in the wilderness. A lot of times you get out on trail, um, you know, further than most people will go on foot. And then you're on something quiet, so you see, you know, will um, wildlife and, and that kind of thing that you wouldn't see if you were on, a, say, a quad or a motorcycle or something. So that's a lot of fun. And then just the competitive stuff and the camping and the camaraderie is a lot of fun. Plus also just the challenge of the whole thing is, to me, it's it can be kind of brutal sometimes, but um, you heal up from it and soreness goes away and then you're planning the next endurance ride. So uh, it's just kind of how it is for me. Goals for next year, uh, it's kind of a long story, but I had a baby this year and still somehow was able to squeak out a pretty successful year. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, this coming year, um, because my horse is um, kind of peaking at this point, we'll plan on Tevis again uh, this year. He's already done Tevis three times. Um, so we'll plan that. We were also planning 
to do the best of the best. It's kind of modeled after the race of champions they used to do uh, back in the day. But I just heard that that's canceled. So I'm hoping that they can pull it together and do that. But somehow that doesn't sound like it'll happen. Anyhow, so, so Tevis will probably be our big ride of the year. And with that, you know, I'm going to need to get in at least a few competitions before that this year um, to just make sure he's fit enough for it. Uh, we have quite a bit of conditioning trails out here that I can do plenty of that, but he just doesn't doesn't run like he does at competition here at home. So endurance rides are important for that. This year, so I had a baby in April, and this year I have a, a crew of um, new endurance riders that I had wanted to just take out to a few rides this year if I was lucky enough to get some help with my two young kids, which I did fortunately, which was cool. So so I got them out to um, a couple rides this year, and then we went down to the Grand Canyon with a, a few of them. And I was able to get all six days done on the same horse, which I believe I was the only one to do that, um, 310 miles, uh, six days. And that horse did all of it top 10, but most of them top five. Last day, tying for first. Um, he just does not slow down and looked great the whole time and... and um, holds weight wonderfully and he's just a great horse so I was very excited about that I thought my year was done after that but then things worked out and I headed down to um, the turkey chase 100 mile ride Saturday after Thanksgiving we did the 100 miler and we won it proved to be a little tougher than I expected and I out of the like 10 people that started I think only two of us finished which I'm not totally sure what the reasons were for everybody uh, pulling or choosing to pull or what happened. But um, but that was interesting. Uh, that was a good day for him. But we were pretty darn tired. I was not uh, fully prepared to be that competitive for that 100-miler, but he pulled it off like he normally does. So, so it was a lot of fun. We had a great year. Uh, thank you so much, Endurance Horse Podcast. And this is Leah Kane signing out. Hi everyone, I'm Sylvia Ireland and I'm from Dannyburg in the North Island in New Zealand. And like a lot of others around the world, our weather here is raining, which is so strange since we are two days from Christmas and it's meant to be in the middle of summer. Our horses are either purebred Arabs or 50-50 and above part breeds. We breed our own replacements now and uh, we have our own stallion who is a crabbit based stallion. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about our top horses. Um, Alsha Billy Levi, we've had him since he was four and he's now 15. He has successfully completed over 6,000 kilometres with one vet out and two withdrawals. He's a bit special in the fact that for all of these kilometres he still will catch you out sometimes with a shy because of that one blade of grass is a different colour. Catch you on your toes. <laughs> Um, I've been into horses all of my childhood, but gave them up when I had a family. I have four children with my husband, Roger. But um, 12, 13 years ago, my husband supported me getting back into horses. And um, through my neighbours, Stu and Mari Wakeling, I started an interest in endurance 12 years ago. Um, endurance and why I stay. I love doing the distance and pitting myself and my horses against the course. I may not always place often, but I finish 90% of the time with a sound horse 
and happy horses that are fit to continue. It's enabled me to meet some amazing people and see some great riding spots. I've had a setback this season uh, with a knee injury which I have just had surgery on this week. So the goals for this season would be to get back into riding, a 40k ride, without any pain. That would be great. I've been lucky to have several very good HelpX girls this season who have kept the fitness up of the longer distance horses that my daughters ride, which are on track to do a 120 and a 100 at the North Island Champs in six weeks. Well, well I'm going to leave you here now and I'll catch up with you guys at a later date and tell you a little bit about what I've learnt through being an official. This is Carrie Barris, and I have been doing ride and tie since 2012, I think. Um, I thought of a rain story earlier. I couldn't think of any, but here's a good one. This was at Yellowhammer a couple years ago. Um, day two, woke up. Um, I sleep in the back of the Kruger horse trailer. We refer to it as my suite. And in the middle of the night, you know, start raining pretty steadily. And the back of their trailer is, um, you know, just has a half door. And so I had wrapped a tarp around the bottom of my sleeping bag. And I have a super warm sleeping bag. So I was totally fine, dry, everything. I'm wrapped up in my sleeping bag. And it's, you know, just starting to get time where I should get up. And Barb Matthews, who was competing that day with um, Nikki Mutant, comes to the back of the trailer sticks her head over the divider and goes, Carrie, are you, are you still planning on going out in this? And I, I looked up at her and I was like, yeah, I think so. She was like, okay, I'll go break the news to Nikki. So um, we just had two teams that day. It was myself and Michael Sullivan riding um, the Kruger's Horse Cruise and then um, Nikki and Barb. And it was, I guess, because of me that we were all out there that day. We still, it was still a good day. We had a lot of fun. Barbara and Nikki totally kicked our butts. But we, you know, we still had a blast. And the trails were pretty wet. And I just remember there was one point where Barbara and I were running together. And she got up the hill faster than I did. And I'm running behind her. And I, uh, I'm going up this hill. It's real steep and real muddy. And my feet started sliding sideways so that I was like, starting to get to the point where the stretch was not comfortable anymore and I couldn't do anything like I just kept sliding and so I was grabbing onto grass to pull myself up and just like hauling myself up this hill like basically you know hand over hand and Barb's at the top of the hill already and she's like Carrie are you okay I'm like I'm fine it's all good I just remember yelling after her and she you know took off up the hill and 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 everything was fine you know we finished the race and had a blast and everything but I just remember my favorite part is her sticking her head over the divider and asking me if I was going to go out in the rain that day but we we still had fun it's always a fun day of ride and tie hi Daryl again from New Zealand Chris was asking for stories about riding in the rain it's midsummer here in New Zealand, which doesn't mean that it doesn't rain, it certainly does. Our sport here is a summer sport because it's just too wet in the winter to be able to get access to land to run rides over. Having said that, we've had some pretty wet rides. One of the wettest was our North Island Champs in 2011. That's the one that when you mention it, everyone goes, oh yes, that was 2011, the really wet North Islands. Salty and I had gone out lame behind after slipping on a bit of a, on the side of a hill. 
so he was maybe a little compromised anyway. This weather system that came in was completely unexpected. We all, every single one of us on base, we all got caught out and it resulted in each and every one of us carrying way more stuff now than we ever used to. After vetting out, metabolics were fine, he was just a bit sore behind. Anyway, then in his yard he started shivering. He wouldn't eat, he wouldn't drink, he just stood and shivered. All I had was his unlined canvas rain sheet, which was saturated, and his fleece rug, which was also saturated. Absolutely everything we had was saturated, beyond saturated. He eventually had a pee and it was really dark and thick and I started to panic just a little bit as you can well imagine. Then a friend told me an old trick of stuffing hay up and under the cover to create an insulating layer. So we did that and then I left his saturated fleece rug on top of that and then we cut open plastic feed sacks and put them over top of that to keep, try and get the water off and then we put the saturated canvas rain sheet over the top of all of it. I walked him and tried him with other people's feeds and then finally, after an, after an awfully long time, finally he took a nibble and had a drink and then he started coming right. He finally started warming up again, but it took those layers, it really took those layers to actually get him going again. The following week, I went out and bought three new mesh air cell rugs to keep in our strapping box. And we never go away without three different weight rugs for every single horse. If we've got five horses going away, we have 15 rugs. Others that same weekend may have had similar additions they've made to their gear and it was a lesson that I only needed to learn once. We don't often have rides cancelled due to weather, but this year our May and June rides were both cancelled due to rain. The May ride was cancelled as we were changing the course because parts of it were now flooded and then there was a lightning strike really close to where we were all parked, like just across the road. I've never been that close to a lightning strike. That was it. Ride cancelled, everyone went home and everyone was really, really pleased to be able to go home. The following month we tried again with a different venue and it was just too wet to even start marking it. Another year we were headed down to Nationals in the South Island. Distance-wise, for Americans and Australians who drive huge distances, this doesn't look too far on the map. But for us it's a big journey, about a thousand k's, and including a four-hour ferry sailing across the Cook Strait. We break the journey into three days. Anyway, we headed down... And they'd had a fair bit of rain leading up to the ride at Easter. And then as we arrived, I think it was already raining. And it just kept on raining. Almost every truck needed to be towed onto the base. We sat inside the truck and looked out every five minutes to see if the rain had slacked off. Kerry, camp mother in the truck for the weekend, did a sterling job of toasted English muffins with camembert cheese all weekend. God knows how many of them she had, but we ate them all. That was all we did all weekend. Our 160 kilometre rides usually here usually start at 1am. So we all got up at 12, and then the officials came around to say that the start had been delayed until 6. And then, So then we all got up again at 5, and we're told that it would be a meeting at 9. And then the whole weekend was cancelled. The venue was a place called Mayfield. We all now know it as Mudfield. They've had rides in there, it's been perfectly dry, but it's, uh, it will be mudfield forever after. Before my time in Endurance, there was another ride, I believe, that was called off partway through because the wind came up so strong that people were being blown off their horses along a ridge. So I was told, anyway. It's not often we have to cancel events. But when it's a matter of horse welfare, it's a pretty easy call. The 2011 North Islands, that North Islands, was the one I learnt most from. And the learning was to be prepared for anything. The Crowded House song, Four Seasons in One Day, was written about Auckland City, and often it could relate just as well to other areas of New Zealand as well. We always try to be prepared for whatever weather conditions get thrown at us. If it means we cart around a ton of stuff we rarely use, that's fine. It's there because at some point we've needed it, 
And you never know, we just might need it again. Anyway, looking forward to a pleasant ride in the summer sunshine next weekend, incidentally for my birthday. Hopefully I haven't now made it rain. Talk to you more after. Okay, this is Leah Kane. I wanted to tell you my rainy day ride story. Uh, so in 2011, I was campaigning my black Arab stallion named uh, Tar Pistol Pete. And we were point chasing for our um, the stallion award, Jim Jones. And um, we went down to the season finale down in Oklahoma, two-day ride. Usually my ride season's uh, done by that point, but we went down there. Um, to squeak in a couple days more riding, did a 50 miler the day before, or the first day, and a 75 the second day, same horse. And he was um, trucking along, doing great, but it had rained all the night before on the 75 and all that day. And down in Oklahoma, the soil was clay and just really slippery, really bad. Now I don't remember exactly where it was, um, but it was around this big lake. And I don't know if you guys remember the movie, The Blair Witch Project, but it was very reminiscent of that for me. Uh, once we got, once it got dark and it was still raining and very, very slippery, uh, we're going through, you know, shrubs and plant life that would be around a lake and all by ourselves. And he's slipping all over the place and People are out shooting and stuff. I don't know what they were even hunting for, pheasant or I have no idea what they were doing. But there were people shooting out there. I'm in the dark, can't see anything, all by ourselves. It was great. So my horse is slipping all over the place. I decided to get off and try to walk. And as soon as I put my feet down on the ground, I went face first into the mud. It was lovely. Looked at him and said, well, you've got four legs and I've got two so I'm getting back on you, and we're just going to go slow and get this thing done. Man, that horse earned that Jim Jones first place award, I'll tell you. He was he was a rock star. He, he worked so hard at getting that done, and, and he was a good boy, nice steady pace through the whole thing, and I don't even know where we finished. didn't really even matter at that point, but, but he did a great job, and sometimes with endurance you just kind of persevere, and that's what endurance is about. You just endure all the stuff that you're thrown that day. And that was a that was an interesting day and an interesting year for us. So that's my rainy day. Uh, we got her done. This is Courtney Kruger. I like to tease and say that I'm the Endurance Horse Podcast's riding tie correspondent. So the next uh, story I want to tell is about the first time that my wife Lee and I ever managed a riding tie ride. And that was when in 2014, I think it was, Biltmore got flooded and the the camping area for Biltmore for the horses is right alongside the French Broad River and so much rain had come down this would have been in May I think of uh, 2014 that that whole area was literally underwater and so they could not have the endurance ride or the ride and tie 
And we thought, well, shoot, we live right here in Clemson, and Clemson has these wonderful trails. Why don't we just move Biltmore down to Clemson? And so we got permission to do that, and although we had never done that before, uh, we kind of, with, with help from Sarah Bolt, who was the ride manager uh, for the Biltmore ride, we all kind of pulled together, and Lee and I went out, and we figured out how to mark trail, and we figured out what trails we were going to use. And of course, we negotiated with Clemson on how to use their stalls and all that kind of stuff. And that's really how we got the, the Clemson ride started was because of so much rain that came to, to Biltmore uh, that year. And I'm so glad we did because uh, we had that ride for several years uh, since. And we have it again in 2019. It'll be coming up again. Uh, and that is one of uh, Ride and Tie World's, I think, favorite rides now. The trail's just wonderful there and the accommodations are great. And so it was rain that caused us to find out that Clemson would be a great place to have that venue. The next one I want to talk about is also from Biltmore, and that was in 2017, and I turned uh, 50 in 2017, and so I did my first 50-mile ride and tie at Kings Mountain in March of 2017, and then I did my first 50-mile endurance at Biltmore in 2017, and it was a great endurance ride. I was on cruise again, the same guy that I was on when I started my endurance career, and we were going, and we were just having such a good time, and Lee was volunteering, and she was about halfway through the first pretty long loop, and we got to her a whole lot faster than she thought we would, and she fussed at me, and she said, you are going way too fast. You're overriding that horse. But I got him through that loop and got him through the second loop. And then the third loop, both Cruz and I got really, really tired. But we, we made it through that third loop and, and came across and actually finished 12th out of, um, I think, 40-some horses and really felt good about that finish, uh, given that it was our first, it was my first 50. Cruz had done a 50 uh, with Lee, but, but that was my first 50. Um, and, and that was at Biltmore. But where the rain comes in is it had rained so much before then, and I guess over that weekend as well, that every single rig had to get towed out of that field where you are camped uh, because none of them, even ones with big old four-wheel drive, just could not get their rigs out. So they had to get a tractor and tow them out. And I was in my little Scion XB. It's one of those little boxy cars. I had I'd come and in that, and uh, Lee had driven the, the trailer because I had to come back home earlier. And they had to tow me out as well. So they're towing all these great big rigs and horses out, and they tow the little old Scion XB out as well. And that was 2017 at Biltmore. Same year, 2017, the World Championships for the very first time were held at uh, Orkney Springs in Virginia. And the day before the uh, race, it rained and rained and rained and rained. And I have a wonderful video of Lee and me sitting in the truck just watching the rain pour down. Uh, but fortunately for the races, the, they were fine. It, it, was, it was hot and sunny, uh, but there was, there was no rain. But it was, it was really, a, 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 we wondered how that very first East Coast World Championship was gonna be given that it rained so much. Probably the same year, 2017, maybe 2016, uh, my current uh, riding tie partner, Mark Landers, my brother-in-law and I were doing a, a practice run at Chestnut Mountain here near our house 
in Cleveland, Tennessee. And Chestnut Mountain has this ridiculous at the beginning, 3.1 mile, 5K uh, run. You just go straight up the side of this mountain, and it is just just brutal, the, the elevation gain. And once you get to the top, you kind of run the ridge all along, and it makes a great big loop and comes back down, and it's a perfect 13.1 mile kind of half marathon loop. But we were, were just slogging it up on a hot, hot day up that 3.1 mile uh, uh, first little section of that trail. And about the time we finished that section, the skies just opened up and it started pouring down rain. And both of us were just so thankful for that rain. It cooled us off and it was great. And we said, you know, I think we may were practicing for the worlds at that point. And so we know if it rains like this at the world championship, that would be fine with us. We wouldn't mind that at all. The uh, last story I want to tell is from this year, and this was at the Giddy Up and Run riding tire earlier this year, back in April, I believe it was. And it was super, super cold down in the, or super cold for us at least, down in the 20s. And the second day, I think it was, after we got back in, we'd been running all day long in 20-degree weather, and we get back in, and we're running the horse through the final vet check, and it starts to snow. And having snow in April in Tennessee is pretty unusual, and uh, we all talked about, wow, what a, what a weird uh, experience that was. But I'll say I would almost rather run in 20-degree weather than in 90-degree weather because you can run a little better, and you kind of stay warm as long as you're, you're still running. And, and so that was okay. I don't know if it had been really, really super snowy, what I would have thought. If there had actually been any accumulation during the race, I might have changed my mind. But those are several uh, ride and tie and endurance rain stories. I hope everybody has a wonderful new year and that you'll set some endurance goals and that some of you that have never tried ride and tie might even try ride and tie. I promise you, you do not have to be an extreme athlete to do ride and tie. You just have to have a partner and a horse that are willing to give it a shot. And so I hope that maybe some of y'all will try that as well. Have a happy new year. My name is Laura Hayes. I have been riding endurance since 1982 and have about 10,000 miles in almost every region. Dave Nicholson, the duck, offered 40, 50 mile rides along the Pony Express route from St. Joe, Missouri to Virginia City, Nevada in 2011. It was my second trip along most of that route, having also done a thousand miles from Virginia City to Western Nebraska in 2004. Crews drove ahead and met us every night for weeks. We became a gypsy family of riders and crew. It was the time of our lives for most of us. One day, somewhere in Wyoming, my horse Socks and I came into the midway lunch stop a bit off. He had stone bruised a front foot and I had decided to pull, but there were no trailers available. So I was walking on foot to the nearest crossroad and waiting. Socks and I started out. I limped along with a stress fracture, and Socks stopped frequently for bites of grass, enjoying the leisurely pace. We came over a hill and saw a fellow rider, Charlie Gauchi from Australia, walking along on foot and holding his arm tight to his ribs. He'd been bucked off, and his horse had run off. We walked along together in silence for quite a while, Charlie moaning in pain once in a while, me limping and my horse unsound. Finally, just to make conversation, I told him that I had recently talked to a mutual friend who was stuck in his law office, behind a desk, in a starched shirt and shiny shoes. He had been looking out the window and wishing he could be riding with us. Charlie, in true endurance rider form, exclaimed, 
It ain't that bad yet, I guess. We found Charlie's horse, got our trailer ride, and we finally found Charlie's horse, got to our trailer ride, and continued on across the country. One day I was riding alone across a dry lake in Nevada toward a mountain pass. As I got closer, a young Mustang stallion came toward me from a small herd of cattle. He pranced around my mare in a wild Mustang stallion sort of way, and I got a bit panicky. My mind went through what I might have to swing at him or hit him with if he became physical. All I had was one bottle of water. I yelled and tried to run him off, but he got closer. I finally aimed through the bottle and hit him between the eyes. He veered off and flitted away, and I sent my mare into the mountain pass. Thankfully, he didn't follow. A few months later, after fall roundup, I visited the Palomino Valley Mustang holding center near Reno and studied all the 800 males in the holding pen looking for a young black stud with a distinctive snip but I did not find him I hope he had a good life as far as I'm concerned the big xps were the most fun you can have in this sport I'll try to think of more stories and get back to you with them happy trails to you This is the last episode of the first year of the podcast. Did a wonderful job. Thank you all. This episode, Jim had five, I think, new people on it from three different countries. Had the, uh, just about the whole United States covered by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think we had East Coast, West Coast, with the Southwest, with Florida, and Bailey and Tara covered Wisconsin. So I think we had everything covered pretty nicely. Kind of looking forward to seeing what 2019 has to bring. I hope more and more people hear about the podcast. I hear that my friend Binky finally tuned in. She's a sergeant in the Army. And uh, she said she binged eight episodes. And she would tell me, if you knew Binky, she would tell me if she didn't like it. She liked it. So I hope 2019 sees some growth. And I hope that we get out there more camping. Hope you all had a good 2018. Looking forward to hearing from you in 2019. Happy, happy. Merry Christmas. Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast... Send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.